Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. 
Roxy Stark. I am the owner of Stark Media Group, which is a full-service digital marketing company here in New York. And normally, I give social media updates, tips and tricks on how to navigate your social media and what to do with it. But today, I want to talk specifically about what is going on in the world of Facebook and Instagram. Facebook and Instagram are two of the most major platforms when it comes to social media. And if you are living under a rock, I'm gonna let you know that they are in some pretty hot water right now. There is a previous Facebook employee, her name is Frances Hagen, and she is a whistleblower, which means she took a lot of confidential information and she has brought it to the Senate. On Tuesday, she had her hearing. If you didn't get to listen in, I have some key takeaways for you. Uh, but I would love to talk about what this means for the future. Uh, there are a lot of businesses that are going to get affected by what's going to happen going forward with the lawmakers. So would love to just have an open conversation about things. Um, after I give you your kind of key takeaways from the Senate hearing, if you were unable to listen in, uh, and we'll we'll go from there. So let's start out. So for those of you who don't know, uh, Frances Hagen, she used to work for uh, on the technical side for Facebook, and she left uh, after two years of working with the company, and she decided to take with her quite a bit of confidential information. Uh, we meet, I'm talking like thousands of documents that she then gave over to the Wall Street Journal. And with that being said, they read through them all. They found some really, really uh, upsetting things, we'll say, which we'll go over. Um, and then she brought it to the Senate. And the whole reason for her doing this is she says not to make people hate Facebook and Instagram, not to make people hate Mark Zucker Zuckerberg, but more importantly, to try to promote these platforms to be a safer space. Now, we have definitely seen Facebook in the news. There's Sorry, got a phone call. Uh, there was Cambridge Analytica where people's um, information were was actually leaked. Uh, we did see a Harvard study a few years ago come out and say that uh, social media is actually detrimental to people's health. But Facebook, of course, uh, said that they had no idea about this and that they kind of disclaimed all of these findings that came out. So with that being said, uh, I'll give you three key takeaways from um, the Senate hearing with Francis Hagan, and then we'll talk about what everybody thinks this means for the future of social media. So um, both Republican and Democrat lawmakers were uh, on the, <laughs> seated on the board, and they were very much in agreement that they were upset on how to... Uh, or they were upset about how Facebook was using information to cause harm to specifically teenagers. So citing internal research brought to them by uh, Ms. Hagan, lawmakers discussed how Facebook knew that the harm that apps such as Instagram were causing for teens. Several senators discussed bills that they have proposed that would add safety provisions for young users. At one point, Ms. Hagan suggested something even more radical, which means... Um, increasing the user age from 13 to 17. Now, the reason why this was so upsetting and one of the main focal points of the issue that was that's going on is the Facebook is using targeted, uh, not just ads, but targeted content to younger users to promote 
about things such as eating disorders, to promote linking up with people online. And this is obviously cause for concern because that's how people who are predators are potentially using their app. So we want to, so they want to make sure that children in particular are protected on these social platforms, which is why they would raise the age from 13 to 17. Now, the issue there is it's very difficult to uh, actually certify that somebody is, in fact, 17. They could put in a fake birthday. They could say, yes, of course, I'm 17. So there's going to be some issues with lawmakers on how exactly they can prove that somebody is, in fact, 17. So... A few years back, uh, this is my other, my second key point is a few years back, Facebook has been, you know, pulled in front of the Senate before they've had congressional hearings, but lawmakers were not real. They didn't really understand Facebook, right? It was still new. They're not really in the tech space. And I know my good friend, Brooke J. Lacey, who's right next to me is going to have something to say about this and how. Um, we need to continue to educate people on tech because a few years ago, they weren't even really sure how Facebook worked, but especially not how it made money. So there are definitely more sophisticated questions that lawmakers are asking now than they were previously. Um, so with that being said, Brooke, I would love for you to chime in and just talk about do you think that it's important that these lawmakers, um, these politicians, have someone maybe such as yourself that is able to educate them on tech and the potential uh, that they have? Well, <laughs> good morning, everyone. Uh, it's Brooke J. Lacey, the, <laughs> the resident, um, I guess, tech educator. I think Techie, that... resident techie. <laughs> right. Your tech bestie. Um, Actually, I did. I did uh, brand myself that way. Your tech savvy bestie. So I have a very, you know, we could go into an entire conversation about like the role of politics with social media and the role of social media in our lives and, you know, how that all intersects. But the fact is the politics and the government have, have always had people at their disposal to make these decisions. Um, so when, when we maybe take a big look at it, right, like we remove ourselves completely. And, um, you know, it's hard to explain sometimes for me because I've been in tech, you know, got my hands on my first computer at age 16 in the early 90s. So, you know, I've watched it go from zero to a thousand very, very quickly. So that being said, should they have their hands in it? Well, we all kind of know how quickly things get done in politics and Congress and all of that, and how many distractions there are. So yes, absolutely. There should be some, um, is some regulation, I guess, is it going to happen? I highly doubt it. And I'm just going off of logically watching what has happened in the past, watching what has happened. Um, you know, they, they have these people at their disposal. They employ very, very intelligent technology experts and ones that could have advised them before all of this happened. Um, I just, you know, with the amount of information and how fast it goes as <laughs> as it has been for, for so many years to think that like, this is the first time they're hearing it. I mean, this is a, this is a public uh, response, right? They have to show everybody that they're taking this seriously. So, you know, I always go back to, of course I'm using my hands, right? Like when we, when we take a big look from way above, okay, now let's go back, you know, right in front of it. 
and then kind of go below it and and kind of look up at it because we're the users of this uh, platform of these tools. Um, you'll hear me say probably from from now on in every segment um, to remember that if you're not paying for the product, you are the product, and you are the product to Facebook. And, and you know, if you want change, it has to start with you, not the politicians. So of course they have had. Not sure if this is even answering the question correctly, but it, it is in a general sense, you know, if, if there's going to be change made uh, to start with you, your family, your own, you know, your company, your uh, behavior online, being aware, because none of this stuff is going to change because a bunch of politicians are sitting in a room listening to somebody that used to work at Facebook. If, if, if you think that, if people think that that's what's going to make change, it's a little bit uh, foolish because this has been around for, for how long? I mean, YouTube was, um, was doing this kind of stuff, like having to scrape for, um, you know, the stuff that, that wasn't allowed to be on there. I mean, it's, it's a huge job. Um, so to say that like politicians are going to make some change because, because of a whistleblower, I mean, it's, it's really just, it's a public display of, Hey, look, we're taking this seriously. Well, you kind of have to look what Edward Stone, the, the Edward Snowden thing. Uh, it'll blow over. Like this will absolutely blow over, just like everything else. So again, it comes back to educating um, job, especially even here. That's what we that's what we do here is educate. And yes, sometimes it's it's really just hey, how to grow your followers on social media. But I think this is I'm kind of glad it happened to let people wake up and I won't keep going into it because I've got a whole hour to talk about it as well. But, um, you know, I, I would love to hear, you know, Kelsey, if you want to hear other people's opinions on it, like what, what do people think about, um, you know, the hearing, like, what do you think that's actually going to do? <laughs> yeah, that's definitely something that I want to bring up and, um, and open it up to other people to hear what their opinions are. The one thing that, um, I think is interesting to know is, you know, previous hearings, they really focused on um, free speech, right? So speech online in particular, or whether a certain um, person, type of person or idea should be banned, you know, certain content should be banned uh, from these different platforms. But now, you know, I feel like that was kind of just scraping the surface, right? That's just kind of where... Um, you know, the, the outer layer of things, but now we're getting more in depth. And the reason why this is so important and people need to pay attention to this is because we're talking algorithm here, right? How many times have we talked about quote unquote, hacking the algorithm or playing to the algorithm and trying to get higher ranking and things like that? You know, we, we talk about that in the light of how to use it as a tool to get more uh, responses from people. But really what, what Francis Hogan had, or Hagen, I don't know how to say her name, um, has brought to light is the fact that it is amplifying problematic content to certain individual and that they, that Facebook and Instagram constantly tweak their algorithm to show one type of content over another. So although previously we've had speculations of this is how this should be done and this is how you do it to rank highly, this she brought forward actual data 
pure data points from somebody who works at Facebook to say, no, they are taking this algorithm and they are being very picky and very choosy about the outcome that they want and the experience that they're promoting to get people on this app. And I think the the biggest issue about it too is they were talking about, you know, it's like when they found out people were um, advertising cigarettes to children because they wanted to get them hooked young because then they're lifelong users. She said, it's the same exact thing. They're trying to target these children, literally, um, to get them hooked on their apps at a young age so they then become lifelong users and can continue to grow the app because as Francis Hogan said, uh, quote unquote, there's only so many teens and preteens and they age out. So I do want to open this up for conversation a bit uh, to people of what they think is going to be the outcome of this, uh, of these hearings, or is there going to be an outcome or is it more of just a public awareness now? And, you know, is this going to alter how people use the app? Well, and really quick, Kelsey, before, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Heather, look, we'll go Brooks totally, then Heather. Really, yeah, really quick. Um, the, the thing that people have to remember too is that, uh, you know, Facebook and Instagram and all of these places, they are not considered media. Like it's, they're not protected under the first amendment. Just so everybody understands that. That was, um, and, and I'm sitting here on the computer look, looking it up because, but you can go back and look. The fact is they are not considered, um, you know, newspaper media. Uh, so, so they can, they're private companies. They can do whatever they want. And, uh, you know, advertising practices, I mean, they're a corporation, they have to make money. So it always boils back down to educating ourselves and, and researching and not just blindly using these apps and going, oh, wait, what? So sorry, Heather, go ahead. No, it's a really great point. I'm glad you brought that up. So yes, there is a ruling. They are not media company because media companies is under the First Amendment. They are technically a publishing company. And under publishing, they can pretty much do whatever they want on the servers and platform they own. However, our community, our world has positioned them as a media company where they get their news and, and whatnot. So that's actually correct, Brooke. And that's the big thing that Congress is probably trying to shift. Um, Twitter, IG, um, Facebook. I think it was kind of weird, by the way, for me, that WhatsApp went down. It was like, why WhatsApp? <laughs> I don't know. That was kind of a weird one. For, I know they obviously are owned by the same company, but it was kind of random because I don't really consider WhatsApp as something that they would probably turn down. But as far as what you were saying, Kelsey, um, I was kind of, first of all, I loved that day. It was awesome. My phone wasn't blowing up. It was great. But I wanted to just, for me, it was kind of an acknowledgement. You know, I first started online in 01. Um, I made my first million online in 05. So in the world of seeing shifts, I've seen it all, right? I've seen it all. And I've seen where things have changed and the conversations. And at the end of the day, I think it's part of us as, business owners, um, creators, and influencers to figure out how can we best truly serve our client and where are they and where are they listening. And one of the things I share all the time is like during that day, Monday, the, the interesting eight hours, is that my whole funnel didn't shut down. That's because everything I have is from podcasts on 23, 23 networks around the world. And they are literally, the content is literally placed in different place countries around the world through RSS feed, which is on my own server, which I paid for, and no one can shut it down, right? So what's interesting is like, how do you start to really get learning to own your data, right? And I met Brittany, if you know who Brittany is, she was part of the um, Cambridge Analytics. I met her about two years ago in Austin, and she talks about owning your data, owning your data, owning your data. We all just forget that we're renting, right? We're renting Facebook and Instagram. 
And at the end of the day, the moment we figure out a hack, we the hack will change, whatever that looks like. As business owners, you know, one thing that people don't realize when you're a business owner, right, you're fully responsible for everything that happens and where the client is and how do we serve the client. So just, just wanted to add that. I don't think much is going to happen. Um, I think the next day, everyone just kind of went back. There are a bunch of shifts in the background, what I hear with uh, my clients and myself. I was going to start creating a group on Facebook for my private clients, and I've decided against that. I'm now looking at something called Mighty Networks. I'm like, I'm done. I'm out. I'm going to own my data and own my clients and be able to build that relationship with um, more directness. So that's something that I'm doing as well. Just wanted to pass the mic. Thank you, Kelsey. Thank you, Brooke. Yeah, thanks for that share, Heather. Um, I definitely think it's interesting, and we're going to talk the the second half hour about what it means going forward for your business. Uh, you know, a lot of people rely heavily on Facebook and Instagram, and we talk about um, pretty frequently owning your data and, and you know, making sure that you're taking things off the app. So uh, just for those of you that are hanging out, the next half hour is actually going to be all about uh, being omni-channel uh, for your business, for your brand. Uh, but I would love to continue the conversation about, you know, what exactly is going on. So for those of you who are just popping in the room, what we're talking about now is um, the the whistleblower from Facebook who came forward with thousands of confidential documents saying that Facebook, in fact, knows that their apps, particularly Instagram, uh, are harmful to people's mental health, in particular young girls, that they tweak their algorithm to uh, enforce things like eating disorders. And um, they even showed an example of an ad campaign. Uh, so there were some people who decided to do a test. And what they did is they had a blurry picture of a bunch of Skittles and they said, let's have a Skittle party. And it was targeted towards 13 and 17 year old uh, children. That ad got approved. Um, and it kind of looked like it was promoting drugs. There was another one uh, that had a image of a very thin stomach and it had a quote unquote anorexia tip, uh, was also targeted to 13 to 17 year old girls. That ad got approved. Uh, there was another ad that said, you are lonely, come find your connection, your love connection online that was targeted to 13 and 17 year old girls. That ad got approved. So what we're seeing here now is the bigger issue as far as protection is concerned. So even though previously people were talking about, you know, speech and as Heather and Brooks stated, they are not in fact a media company. They are a privately owned company and therefore are not protected under um, the First Amendment. So what we're talking about now is, uh, you know, this whole whistleblower and what is actually going to come of it, right? What are we expecting to come of it? What do you want to see from lawmakers? Um, you know, we're definitely seeing people push forward a little bit more on big tech and what it's like for the government to have a bigger hand in it and oversight. Um, and the third kind of key takeaway that I want to bring up before we continue the conversation and we and then transition over to being omnipresent online um, is it doesn't seem like this is going to be the end of Frances Hagen. Uh, she did say in her testimony that she encouraged lawmakers to demand more documents and internal research from Facebook and that uh, that she thinks it's only through 
complete transparency with these big tech companies that Congress could hope to even minor or minutely understand what is going on and then hopefully end up having some sort of regulation over social media. Uh, so would love to open it up to anybody else who's on stage of what you think about all this. You know, does this deter you from Facebook and Instagram? Do you think that maybe, um, you know, the the government should have a bigger hand in what is going on with these big tech companies? Or is that even feasible? So would love to open that up to anybody who has any opinions on what's going on. I saw you, Kwani. Go for it. <laughs> What's up, everybody? It's Kwani Burks. Hey, Kelsey. Um, so on this particular subject, social media is not going anywhere at all. It's here to stay. It's part of our, our society now, and that's just what it is. And there may be another social media that emerges in the next years. Who knows? one actually knows but it's part of what we do marketing and advertising is king that's just what it is it will always be everything is about that entertainment if you think about it sports that's just entertainment that's when it, when you break it down to the basics all it is is entertainment and what can i run across this event to market what i got going on or what what i need to be put out what needs to be put out there that I'm trying to sell or service I'm trying to provide. So with that being said, I look at social media as instantly making an individual marketable. Some people are literally where they are now because they hit a wave and whether they just look good or do things the right way or were consistent most of them were consistent over a certain period of time. They marketed themselves and then came about the products or the, the knowledge or the accessibility they had to mentors to further fine tune their craft. So social media is here to stay and we all have to be adaptable to the changes in algorithms and adaptable to the changes in, in trends in society. If we want to be uh, prevalent on these platforms and everybody has opinions about them but at the end of the day you don't own any of it or have any say in it so you you kind of got to go with the rules of what they're doing and what they're trying to do you can have your opinions but if you want to be um if you want to be influential on these platforms you got to got to figure it out and that's uh, we're all here because we're problem solvers so i like it and whatever comes to happen will happen and i'll be ready for it kwani breaks and i'm done speaking for now thank you kwani yeah and you know the only reason why i wanted to bring this up today is because it's important to know you know what these apps are we talk about their advantages, um, but I think there's definitely room for conversation about the disadvantages of social media. But Kwani, I totally agree with you. I don't think that it's going anywhere anytime soon. Um, and I do believe we are going to continue to see apps pop up. You know, look at the TikTok has done phenomenal. 
um, over the last couple of years. So I don't think that social media is going anywhere. I definitely think it's here to stay, but I do see a potential shift coming in the way that we use social media. And if the government does start to demand some transparency, what does that look like for businesses going forward that utilize Facebook? I mean, look at what happened during the pandemic and everybody had to close their brick and mortars. They needed a place to sell. And a lot of people moved online to do that. And they did that through social channels. So it can be a very positive tool. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, when we had those eight hours of a blackout time, um, you know, there was definitely businesses that suffered because they use it as a very strong part of their marketing. I mean, I literally own a digital marketing agency. It was a really tough Monday for me. Luckily, we do websites and emails and other things like that that I could work on. But, you know, it was it was a hard Monday because a lot of what I do and what I do for my clients, I do specifically on these platforms. Um, you know, Twitter was funny about it. And they sent out a tweet that said, hello, literally everyone, because now that we didn't have Facebook and Instagram, people were flocking to these other apps. Uh, so I think it's definitely very important. And we were shown by that to be omnipresent across the board, to have multiple outlets and to make sure that you are bringing your audience with you along the way, because they could decide to just shut Facebook down tomorrow, right? And if you have tens of thousands of followers on Facebook and you don't have them anywhere else and Facebook leaves tomorrow, then what? All of that hard work um, is gone. And I just saw Teddy pop up. I don't know if he wants to weigh in, uh, but would love to hear from anybody else who's on the panel um, if you have any, you know, comments on what is going on with the whistleblower and, um, you know, how this is going to affect people in the future. Tracy, go for it, my love. Hi, Tim. Hi, everyone. Um, thank you for having me and always making space for me in the room. So, like, for me, like, Growing up with social media, cause I'm 21, so it's like a, I was like the visitor, first generation of group with social media. At young age, it's very true. They target you with all these messages for for online dating, how to make friends. What do you do when you're sad? And like for me, because I follow you, you guys, most of you on here, I have to change like my algorithm and say, I don't want this ad. I'm working this ad because it automatically comes on, you know, your page because they know your experience. They're especially like college students. A lot of people are depressed and then they go on social media to make themselves feel better. Then you get all these ads and it's very damaging to your mental health. So like for me, like, you know, I know how to work it out, guys. 
I love you so much, my friend. I always love when you come in. Um, one of my very first friends on Clubhouse, and you bring up such a good point that, like, you have to be in control of what you look at. That's the thing here is you have agency over what you see online. It is your decision. I'm not speaking, you know, straight to you, Tracy, but to your point that, you know, it is. it can be so detrimental, but you know, if, when we start putting our, our sort of faith or dependence in, in external outside forces like social media or like parents or like we could put this on anything, you know, leave it to me to get existential. But it, this is a this is a thing about this is an issue about education and educating yourself. And if you don't know it, you're probably going to be afraid of it and put your head in the sand. I've been you know, I've done that as well. So absolutely always be in control of what you look at you have those controls you make a decision every single day to open your phone to whatever app you go into and your mental health will be affected by it no matter what so love you girl yeah brooke i think that's a great point and thank you for that tracy uh for bringing that up is you know Although we are hearing about, you know, Facebook and Instagram and the algorithms and what it is that you get served, you do, and that's a really great reminder to you see that you do, in fact, have control over that. You can hide ads. You can hide certain content. You can unfollow people. So now I'm going to kind of play devil's advocate, right? So I'm sitting here talking about how, uh, you know, all of this information has come out about Instagram and Facebook and their algorithm and how it's potentially being not used in the most uh, best light, right? Um, but what can the government do, right? This is a private company. So it's not like this is, um, you know, some, you, you know, at what point do you stop somebody going in to a company and saying, this is how you have to run it, right? So there is going to be a very difficult conversation about regulation. And then once again, that's just the United States. What happens when I go overseas, right? Does this become something that's global or does this become something that's just the United States? So it's a very interesting uh, topic to discuss. And Kwani, I, did you want to respond to Tracy's comment? Yeah. Um, this is Kwani Burks. And Tracy brought up a few good points 
about um, you don't know if the government's the government intervening would actually help. You don't know who's telling the truth, when they're telling the truth, or why they're telling the truth. You know, it's you're always going to think there's some type of agenda because I mean, but really the only agenda is is money. You follow the money, and you'll you'll find a lot of your answers. But I really want to um, point out these rooms we have, these discussions we have, these segments, these platforms for these open discussions about what's going on. We're, we're providing a lot of information from perspectives, from perspective and research. And most of us have access to different types of current updated and validated research. So <clears throat> this, this space that we're holding and these conversations that we're having enlighten people and we just need to get as many people to, you know, our platforms, this clubhouse room as possible just so they can be informed. And, you know, we can only do our part and that is as much as we can do. But she brought up a good point and I really think that us holding these spaces kind of helps in some way, form, and fashion. So that's all I was going to say. Um, great, great point, Tracy. Um, Corny yeah. Brooks, I'm done speaking. Thank you, Kalani. Um, yeah, so it's it's very interesting. And like I said, normally I'm here giving tips and tricks on the platform, right? Social media updates. That's usually what my segment is about. But I thought that this was a very important topic to discuss today and to have that kind of open forum about it because there are people that may have been adversely affected mentally by their usage on social media apps. So just by bringing the topic up and having the conversation around it makes people a little bit more aware, right? So now, um, kind of like Raylan was talking about right before my segment is about being conscientious and in the moment, being aware of your intention of what it is that you're doing. So if you are on social media, what is your intention on social media? Are you staying connected with friends? Are you getting your news? Are you getting updates? And more importantly, and in being intentional about what is making you feel those, you know, adverse emotions and things like that. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.